Hey, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to compare the two Little Women movies? I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies. Weekish until Christmas. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, well, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's like a week and a half. Yeah. What isn't Christmas on a Friday? Um, it's like two weeks. <laughs> I was gonna say I thought it was like two exactly two weeks from when we're recording, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm just checking because you're. Yeah, it's exactly two weeks. <laughs> okay. You know, every every single year, like without fail, Christmas comes around every year on December 25th. And every year I'm shocked every time. I'm like, what? What what do you mean Christmas is only two weeks away? That's that's like tomorrow. <laughs> like <laughs> the other day I was actually thinking that didn't really feel like Christmas and that usually doesn't necessarily bother me like feeling like Christmas or not feeling like Christmas isn't always something that I focus on but I noticed it because we don't have any snow and it's like been weirdly mild and uh, obviously the world is strange right now so things just feel off and I thought like it feels more like the middle of November and I thought oh my gosh it's almost Christmas but what is Christmas even like? I know. You know? <laughs> no, I know. It's, I, I like Christmas. And this year I signed up for, um, I signed up for a Hallmark movie pass, which I got like a seven day trial from. And <laughs> she's shaking her head at me. <laughs> um, mm. I, um, and I like, didn't I remember the login or something or maybe I never logged in and I can't remember but I'm like trying to log in and I was trying to log in and then I just was like you know what I forget it <laughs> I just what? haven't done anything did you pay for it um I would check but my phone has died so I oh can't check I mean I oh can my on my computer but that's my trauma of today is that my phone finally keeled over i mean it's 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 a mess it's like turned off and when it's plugged in it's draining of battery what kind of phone does that that's ridiculous i've changed the battery i don't understand but it's four years old so yeah just what happens with old technology actually last night i was i was with mike and my phone is doing something really weird with the battery as well and mike was mike said last night you probably should replace your phone sooner rather than later until it becomes like just you can't use it. And then this morning I woke up to a Facebook message from you where you're like, my phone is dead and this is the only way I can communicate. And I thought, <laughs> whoa, weird. <laughs> what are the odds? So it's like a sign. I mean, for me, I knew it was coming for several months. Like I've been prepared since pretty much like probably before August. Um but I was hoping to use it until it died, which I, I guess I, I you did. Up, yeah. I mean, pretty much. And I just finally, like, I got to the point where I was like, either 
my phone is like, I think it has enough life to get the stuff that I have on it off, hopefully. But other than that, like it's gone, you know? So it's like either I, <laughs> so like, that's what I've been dealing with all day is I've been dealing with just having, um, like a tablet to communicate with people on. And I'm so used to usually just making phone calls whenever I want. And now I can't. And I'm like, I'm like, what's happening? Why is this like this? <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's, it feels like, like I went, I went to the office the other day and my phone just like died. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is it. And then I thought, oh my gosh, am I going to have to spend the whole day without a phone? <laughs> and that was really, but then I, I just, like, I was able to turn it back on and the battery was just dead. So I plugged it in and it was fine. But yeah, like without, a, it's weird, but without a phone, I feel like I'm, like you're not connected to anybody or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, like I had to like email my dad and tell him what happened. And I like texted my sister on messenger and I was like, Hey, can you let, our parents know what's going on so they don't like try and call me and they're like why is Lauren's like phone going straight to voicemail and they're like oh my god she's dead <laughs> you know because that, that's exactly what would happen that <laughs> happened once so something was wrong with my phone my not the phone I have right now but my last phone something was wrong with it where like if anybody called it from a landline it would get this message that was like this user cannot be reached and my mom tried to call me like two days in a row and like I talked to my mom a lot on the phone so this was like the two days in a row ever in my life that I hadn't called her for two days <laughs> like anyway she hadn't heard from me and she tried to call me multiple times and she got that message message so she called my brother Justin and she called my brother Kyle and I was just sitting here watching tv and i'm getting this barrage of texts from my brothers and they're like are you alive mom's freaking out she's calling us she's freaking out and i was like i'm fine and i could call out it's just there was something wrong when people that tried to call me so weird yeah it's so bizarre it's yeah like yeah it's it's been weird it's been really weird without a phone it's like it's i don't know like i really I guess I don't, I don't realize like how attached I am to mine until I don't have it. You know, it's like when you forget it at home and like you go somewhere and you're like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you know, you're like, read like some plea, pick up a book, like some plebeian. Like what, mm -hmm. what do you think this is? The 1891? <laughs> I always think like, like if I text somebody and they don't text back right away and it's somebody that I like somebody that, like I don't know their family very well you know and I think like what if something happened to this person and I like who would tell me you know right yeah I think about Isn't that, that too. weird to think about I don't know no I think about that too because like I had like a lot of online friends a while ago when I first moved here because I didn't really know anyone so that was kind of like my life that was like a decade ago and I would think all the time like what if I died like what if like I just disappeared and like they would miss me because I had all these friends like I had like a whole group of friends online um and I don't know. And I, I think it's a pretty normal like thing to think about because it's kind of the grim reality of 
unfortunately not knowing like someone's family really well or their friends, you know, like, I mean, how else are you going to find out? Like, unless you regularly read the obituaries, but who does that, you know? Yeah. 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 It's weird to think about. Anyway, that was really dark. uh, I'm glad you're getting a new phone. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. It's waterproof and it's like, it's got like a 13,000 mAh battery, which means it doesn't die for like three days, which is great because the other one would die after like six hours. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty Sooner excited. or later, they all get there. Um, yeah. I think it's the like, the sad reality is they have to make them fallible in some way. Otherwise, people wouldn't buy new phones. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. It's the unfortunate, as I said, unfortunate reality of our world. But, whatever, yeah. You know? Hey, have you been um, uh, looking at the stars at all? I haven't, but I heard that there's like an Aurora Borealis. Well, the, there's potential to see the aurora borealis the last couple of days, but Saturn and Jupiter are slowly getting closer and closer from our field of vision. They're not close in reality, but and on December 21st, they're going to look like one star. Like really? One, yeah, one point of light um, with to the naked eye. Like if you had a binoculars or a telescope, you could see. Um, but yeah, and they're getting closer. Like. I get out of work at 6 p.m. And when I'm at the office, when I'm walking out, I can see them and I've been able to see them get closer and closer. It's pretty cool. If you look out off to the, like, to the west, up into the west, um, you should be oh, able to great. see it. <laughs> the clear. west. I have no idea where the west is. Well, you know where the sun sets, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess. So just, I mean, it's six o'clock, so it's still so a little it's... tiny bit light on the horizon. So you should be able to tell. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. Plus, they're getting closer and closer, so it's pretty cool. They're getting married. It's the talk of the year, right? Talk (laughs) of the town. Yeah. (laughs) Last night, I'm not convinced that I didn't see the Aurora Borealis last night. Wait, I have a joke. Okay. So let me just say this because it's relevant. But um, Jupiter liked Saturn so much, it put a ring on it. No, that's... What do you mean? Like, come on, you know, like the song? If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Yeah, but why would... What do you mean, like, Jupiter likes Saturn and put a ring on it? No, Jupiter likes Saturn so much and put a ring on it because Saturn has rings. Are you doing the Napoleon (laughs) cookies thing on me? I swear, (laughs) Sam... I didn't think you would fall for it. I thought it was too obvious. I didn't think you would fall for it. You were so serious. You're such a jerk. It's so few and far between these days that I can hardly get you to fall for it anymore. So this is... (laughs) Okay, you should tell the story of the Napoleon's cookies. Oh, so... When I was living with my parents, I made these, I was making these cookies and they have an elderly woman who lives across the street from them who we've like been family friends with for before, since before I was born. And, um, I had to borrow something, some ingredient I had to borrow from her. And so she lent, well, it wasn't really borrowing because I was using it to make these cookies, but 
so I used this ingredient and I brought her some cookies as like a repayment, like a thank you for letting me use whatever it was. And I told her, so I brought these cookies to her and I was like, yes, these cookies, um, Napoleon brought, or I can't remember the exact story. It was like, yes, these cookies, like traders brought them from Spain and they gave them to Napoleon as a peace offering. And I like concocted this long historical story and she was like oh wow wow that's so neat and and then she was talking on the phone to my mom later and my mom and she was like that's so cool about those cookies and my mom had to tell her that I was like I just made it all up <laughs> and before you think I'm a mega liar um I also went on a trip to South Carolina with my parents when I was in like 10th grade and we went to like a plantation and we or we went to like these gardens it was like a plantation garden or something and there's a little booklet and you could do like a self-guided tour and so I was I was like reading from the booklet but I was like embellishing it and I came to this flower and I was like this flower was given to one of the Chinese empresses as uh in in exchange for like marriage and my grandma and grandpa were there and they're like wow that's so neat and i was like i just that's not really in the book i made it up and i was like <laughs> giving them all kinds of historical facts that weren't in the book i came clean about that but for the life of me i'm not sure why i didn't come clean about the napoleon cookies but my mom had to do it over <laughs> just imagine your mom being like Samantha, what did you do? <laughs> You're like, me? I, I, I'm totally innocent. <laughs> anyway, so each time she tries to pull the wool over my eyes, I go, don't Napoleon cookies me. <laughs> uh, it's rare. It gets, it, it's getting more and more rare as yeah. our friendship progresses. So <laughs> that's why I thought this, surely, I thought, surely, nope, just she would know that I'm having a laugh. <laughs> No, I didn't know. No, nope. <laughs> you made a fool of me. Oh, like usual. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, so Saturn and Jupiter. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. That's mm -hmm. pretty neat. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. So speaking of alien worlds, I just watched a show called Alien Worlds. <laughs> and oh. it's all about these these scientists like with speculation and like science and cgi come up with these like alien creatures that are on different planets and it's pretty interesting and they compare them to like actual animals that are on our planet and the insects and stuff and it's very uh it's like a very visually cool show you know there's only four episodes and it's a documentary but i would recommend it it's pretty neat pretty neat yeah 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 so, i uh i have et on right now let's see you funny timing yeah with uh is that henry thomas for sure yeah just a baby henry thomas yeah there's a this... kitty right next to me oh can you see his little ears when he oh no you can't okay hold on i will show you him there he is <laughs> <laughs> He's doing the podcast with me. He's a podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Got to stick a cat pun anywhere, anywhere we can. That's our, that's our motto. You do it or you just 
Yeah, just don't, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Either. I was going to say you do it or you die, but I was like, it's a little extra. <laughs> so I didn't. <laughs> do you want to talk about the movie? Movies? Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I just watched the 2019 one like about an hour ago. I finished it. I have a lot of feelings. I have a lot of feelings, a lot of thoughts. Yeah. What so. yeah, go ahead. Jump in. Um I wanna know what you felt first, actually. <laughs> what did you, you think? Well, I do I also have a lot of feelings and thoughts. So okay. um I grew up with the nineteen ninety-four version and I love that movie. It's been one of my favorite movies for since 1994 and and i i was skeptical when i saw that a new little women was coming out but i'm a big fan of saoirse ronan and i also think greta gerwig since lady bird i think she's a fantastic director and so i was skeptical but i was willing to give it a shot and i like it i like them both i think there's a place in the world for both of them. I think there are problems with the new one that I plan to talk about with you. Um, I think there are some things about the 1994 version that, yeah, if they'd called me, I probably would have wanted change, but the list is a lot smaller for that one. I think that this new Little Women is Little Women for a generation who did not grow up with the one that we grew up with, and that's okay. I think yeah, there's, I agree with that. There's place for both of them. I don't necessarily think I can, I th like from a biased perspective, I think the 1994 one is better, but I know that that's like a lot of it is an emotional choice. It's, it's not necessarily founded on like hard, solid fact. It's just my own opinion. I think the 1994 one is better. But I think that there is just a fair argument to say that they're both the same because they both have pros and they both have cons and they're different for each movie. So I, I, I think that there's this world is big enough for both of them. And I like that. I like that I feel that way about the new one because it so easily could have gone in a much more negative direction. So what are you, what, what do you think? Okay. Well, I'm going to start off by telling you that I also love the 1994 one. I think it's a beautiful movie. It's very sentimental. Um, it's very emotional. I love the music. It feels like a warm hug. You know, it's like, it's like sitting in front of the fire on a cold night. It's just, just feels right. Feels good, you know? And as far as the 2019 one, I hated it. <laughs> Really? I did not like it at all. I thought it was boring. I thought it was cold. I thought all the music was like, just seemed really off. I felt almost no real emotional connection to any of the characters. And I didn't like that it was told, it told in a nonlinear way because I felt like I cared a lot less about the characters' relationships because I didn't see them develop. Like, and... I tried. I tried so hard to watch this from an objective point of view, but I was like, 
within 20 minutes, I was like, if I didn't have to watch this for the podcast, I would have turned it off. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. I, I was, I have so many notes and almost all of them are very negative. <laughs> so, Well, let's get into it. That's exciting. I, can I say one thing that I've been, there's multiple things that I've been itching to say, but one thing in particular that I need to say now because I can't wait any longer Hold for cat. Okay. What did you just? Did you just hold him up like Simba for no reason? No, I'm trying to get, I, I'm trying to get him to sit like a human, so he's like kind of like sitting against me, because it's like it's just more comfortable for me. But but what about what's comfortable for him? He is very comfortable when he sits like a human. My we had a Bichon Frise when I was growing up, and she would sit like a human. That's so and cute. there's a dog that I follow on Instagram who has another dog in the household that's a Bichon and she sits like our old dog did and, and it must be a Bichon thing because I've never seen a dog sit like that before and she does exactly the same thing as the dog I grew up with did so that's it's kind of funny. That's cute. That's yeah. cute. Oh, he's just purring away. He's happy. <laughs> it was just yeah. funny because it looked like you just like <laughs> held him up like Ma, so <laughs> no, no, I didn't. All right. No, I was trying to adjust, but he was fighting me on that. He did not. He was like, "No, absolutely not. I will sit the way I want to sit." And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> got it, loud and clear, buddy." <laughs> so the thing that I want to say is that um, I think. Beth is garbage in the new Little Women. Um, yeah, I. She was fine. I, but like, okay, that's that's kind of my new thing. Is like I've been saying like, oh, it's fine, but it's just fine. That's it. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, and it's usually like, it usually just kind of means like there's nothing special about it. It's just fine. It's okay. Um, and that's kind of how I felt about her. Like. I, I really, there, there's a, a show that she's in called Sharp Objects where she plays this character called Ama. And I just read the book and the character is like really fucked up. So I'm, I really want to see her in that role. I'm really curious to see her in that role. So when I found out that she was going to be in this, I was like, oh, interesting. I wonder what her acting style is like, but I mean, is there much acting on her part in this you know like she doesn't have a lot of lines she doesn't seem like she's very active in it you know yeah that was i i think i don't know how else to say it she kind of seemed slow like they kind it kind of seemed like beth was like slow and a step behind all the other sisters in this one and she wasn't interesting. Um, she didn't, it didn't really affect me when she died because I kind yeah. of agree with you. The relationship between the sisters was sort of lacking in this one. Um, but Claire Danes played her so beautifully. I have a very strong, I have a very emotional attachment to Beth because I'm, I've been thinking a lot about this the last couple of days and I'm pretty sure that Beth was my first experience in death like learning that young people can die oh wow i was so 1994 i was i was 10 years old and 
before that, let's say 1993, I was at a friend's house and she had the book Little Women. And that was, I didn't know what Little Women was, but I was intrigued by the title. And she was telling me that there's a character in it named Beth and Beth dies. And I remember sitting in her room reading Death's, like Beth's death scene. And like, I remember it was like my eyes opening and I thought, young girls can die and it 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 like affected me i remember that that realization affected me for many days afterwards and i asked my mom but i i asked my mom about it but i was like secretive i didn't want to like come out right and talk about death so i just was like mom um can people get like really sick still where they can't be healed? And I think my mom having no idea what I was talking about would be like, well, yeah, some people get sick, but, but, you know, and she, she didn't know. And I just remember very clearly that that was, that was like a turning point where I realized that like death was a thing and death comes for everybody. And, and I think as a kid, I don't know if you can remember that moment in your life, but I know anyway, I remember it in my life because of Beth. And then the next year I saw the movie, my mom took me to the theater to see the movie. And I just remember it was so like, it's, I don't know, like Beth is such an important character. I think I always feel something for her and And Claire Danes played her very sweet and shy and kind and she loved her family and she loved her home and she loved music and she was alive. And when she died, it really meant something. But in this movie, she was like, it was like she was mentally slower than the other ones. And she was just sort of like monotone. And and I don't, I don't know if the actress is a good actress or not, because that's all I've seen her in. Yeah, but same. I don't. So I don't know. But I, I think Greta Gerwig is a mega Little Women fan. So it it bothers me that she didn't do some fan service for Beth, and that makes me think it almost makes me think it has to be the actress because I can't imagine Greta Gerwig not treating Beth with the utmost care. You know, what are yeah. your thoughts? Well, my, so to answer your question, my first brush with death was my grandpa on my dad's side. He passed away when I was probably about, probably like eight, maybe. Um, I don't ever, re- I, I really don't ever remember having any sort of big um kind of like realization moment that like death is a thing. I don't ever remember having anything like that. Um, So I had an experience pretty young and he was sick for a long time. So it wasn't like surprising when he died, I guess, you know, Um, but I totally agree with you. I think so in the 1994 version, I like, I think I texted you and I bawled my eyes out when Beth died. Like I was like ugly, shaking, sobbing, crying, like just like for moments afterward too, like after the scene had been over. And when she died in the 2019 one, I was like, that's sad. I guess I really like, didn't, I didn't really care that she died. They, They didn't give me any real reason to care about her as a character. So 
why would I care about her as a character when she dies? Like you, you, I don't, I don't empathize with her. I don't like, I don't dislike her, but I don't really like her. So why, why, you know what I mean? And I was just like, I was like, okay, she's dead. Like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I did read the book. I really like the book, Little Women. I was sort of like voraciously like read and watched everything I could when I was young. I had like little women paper dolls. I, so, but it's been a long time since I've read the book. So I don't remember accurately what is different about the movie versus the book, but I know in the 1994 movie, the relationship between Joe and Beth was like, like it, it would make me envious. Like I wanted to have, I mean like all of the sisters relationships, is really not is really cool but like joe and beth was such a beautiful relationship you know if if any relationship makes made me want a sister it would be that and and in in the in the new movie like if you didn't know the story of little women i don't think you'd know that joe and beth had any special relationship you just think it was a normal sister relationship yeah so i i don't remember in the book if they were as close as they were in the 1994 movie because it's been so long like i've said but i really liked that about the 1994 movie and i i believed the relationship and i was devastated with joe when beth died like you said you yeah. know yeah. yeah yeah i so like one of the scenes that stands out to me is when is after joe cuts her hair and in the 1994 one, she's crying. Well, they're both, she's crying in both of them. But she's crying and Beth comes over and she's like, are you sad about father? And she goes, no, my hair. And they both started laughing. <laughs> and I was like, what a cute moment. But then in the 2019 one, she's like, oh, I, or like, I don't can't even remember what. Um, Amy, Amy came Amy up to says, her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she, she's just like my hair. And, and Amy's like, I know, I know. And I was like, oh, that was disappointing. It was well, like, okay. I'm I mean, I know sure. it's a new movie and I know it's a different like director's vision, but I, I, I like, I was like, why even include that part? <laughs> like it wasn't cute. It wasn't funny. It wasn't emotional. It was just kind of there, you know? Well, I think I agree. I totally agree with you. And I think the thing that's weird about that is Joe and Amy are antagonistic toward each other more than any of the other sisters. They love each other, but they, they spar a lot. And so it was really weird for them to have a heart to heart like that. I don't think Joe would open up to Amy like that. And so so I agree with you. I think if you're not going to have Beth say it, then either establish a nicer relationship between joe and amy or don't have it at all yeah i agree i totally agree i i i thought the relationships were so lacking in the 2019 one it was it was just like i couldn't get on board with anyone and i think the only one i really kind of liked was meg and john but even that, I really didn't like the scene where they're talking about money troubles because it's like, like you're kind of supposed to see their relationship as like love trumps money, you know, like, like, like their love is far more important than whatever money they have in the bank. And it was just like that scene where they're, they're kind of like arguing about it or they're talking about it. It was just like, it, it really pulled me out of the film a lot 
actually that was probably the turning point where I was like okay I was kind like I was I didn't I didn't really like it pretty much from the beginning but that was the turning point where I was like okay I I don't like this movie at all (laughs) so um it, it, it in in the you know 1994 one they had this this sweet little relationship where um you just see like nothing but happiness bubbling from these two people you know and and she has the babies and he's like so happy about having children and and there was such an emotional disconnection for me in the 2019 one that i i really couldn't like i didn't have any strong emotions toward really anything except for dislike and in the 1994 one the entire movie I was wrapped with attention like I could not pull away from that movie and I've seen it a million times and it was like and it was like every single feeling that I had like came flooding back and I was like oh my god I love this movie so much it fills me with so much happiness it fills me with so much joy so I was excited about the 2019 one and then when I started watching it, I was like, this is really disappointing. And honestly, I don't think it's good. I think it's bad. I don't, I don't agree with at all with how uh, Greta Gerwig did it. And it makes me not want to watch any of her other films because if I didn't like this one so much, why would I waste my time with her other stuff? You know? I think that I don't, I think that Emma wants it is just not a very good actress. No. Um, I actually did like her in this. I did not mind her in this at all. I didn't... This movie is fighting an uphill battle in regards to the sisters' relationship because I think the 1994 version did it so well because I think the actress's name, Trini Alvarado, who played Meg, and she was a big sister. She held the sisters together. She was mature. And there was a maturation issue with the sisters in this movie they all looked the same age yeah and i think that's a, that's a problem i have some thoughts that i this is going to spider web into something else but let me finish this thought but so meg in the 1994 version was mature and she was a head like she was a head full of reason but she still loved play acting in the attic with the pickwick society and she still loved her sisters but she you could tell that she was more mature and she because she was older and John Brooke is a very refined gentleman he's a tutor to a to Lori who's a very rich boy and i i i think it's weird that they brought money troubles into this this new version because he's not like he's not a pauper he's he's a tutor he's very smart you know right. and and I bought the relationship more in the 1994 one because I think Eric Stoltz did a better job of being sort of a proper gentleman who was smitten with her and she's trying to be a proper lady, but she's, you know, she's growing up in a household that teaches women that women can be equal to men, you know, but she's trying to fit in with society and it's, it's interesting. You could see her, how she balances it so expertly. And I didn't see that maturity in Emma Watson. Um, no. They were all, they all seemed to be the same age, as I said. And that leads me to one major thing that I want to talk about. And it's Amy. 
1994 version, Kirsten Dunst, superb. Awesome. Yes. Love it. Yes. I, my one major conflict with that movie is that I, I wish that there would have been a miracle and she could have played adult Amy because I don't care for Samantha Mathis. And I don't care for, um, in essence, this might be hyperbolic, but I'm going to use it anyway. I don't care for falling in love with an actor, an actress as a character. And then halfway through the movie, I like that person that I fell in love with is gone. Yeah. I don't care for that, but I understood why they did it because they had to make her younger because she's the youngest and she's impetuous at the beginning of the movie and you have to see how she's come up. So I don't fault them for that. I just fault them for the fact that Samantha Mathis wasn't in it long enough for me to quote unquote fall in love with the same way Kirsten Dunst. And and Samantha Mathis is not as good of an actress as Kirsten Dunst is. No, I can't even think of anything she's in. (laughs) So like, I'm thinking of that's her name, right? Yeah, that's her name. Um, So she might have been in the strain, but I'm honestly not sure. I don't know. But I think this new movie did Amy so beautifully. I It's actually Amy's movie to me. Really? Because um, she was my least favorite part. I liked... <laughs> what didn't you like about her? Um. So, okay. I have to say, first of all, I like Florence Pugh a lot. A lot. Uh, she was great in Midsummer. I think she's awesome. Actually, I think I, I think she's really cute and I think you look like her. And I've been That's wanting to tell praise. you that for a while. Really? Yeah, every time I see her, I think of you. And like that it's totally meant probably the highest compliment that like, you could have ever given me because she's very pretty <laughs> I, she's really cute i know and every time i see her i think of you and i meant to give that to you like months ago but or tell you that months ago but wow no yeah no i i'm serious i i'm serious i she totally reminds me of you so anyway um well i'm honored because i think she's very pretty <laughs> thank you good good <laughs> um hold on I have I have a kitty on one arm so let me just balance this on my chest real quick as I turn on my note taker okay he is snoring right next to me he's very small and he's snoring okay he's so cute he's curled up like a little cinnamon bun Aww. um let me see I wrote on here that I didn't think she was right for Amy and a big reason for that was because I felt like she was too modern for that role. I felt like the she kind of reminded me of the way that she talked, reminded me of the Gilmore girls, like how they talk really fast. And I didn't feel like that fit. It felt like it was too fast for the role and for the, actually I kind of felt like that throughout the whole movie. Um, I don't, I don't know. There was, there was something about her, and, and I didn't think she was right for it at all. I think it was because I thought she was too modern for it. I thought, I thought they were all kind of modern, but I thought that worked for the bright, flashy version of the movie that Greta made. We're on a first-name basis now. <laughs> and <laughs> I really liked Amy because I think the 1994 version in some ways does her kind of dirty. And I like how in this movie, they spell out more clearly, like 
the family is financially, they're not doing so well. No. And she's beautiful and she's refined and she's pretty much their only hope to marry well because Meg married the school teacher who, as I said, I don't think he's a pauper. I don't think they should have had that weird discussion, but no. he's definitely not rich. Joe is wild at heart. Who knows if she'll settle down? Um, Beth, rip in the grave, not getting married. Uh, well, first of all, I don't. Beth strikes me as the type of person who would never marry. I, I, like, if she was like, if I defined her sexuality, I would say that she's probably asexual. I, I just don't see her like having any sort of really even like a romantic connection. I could see a companionship, but I cannot see romance for her. I don't know. For me, I would, I would imagine that she would end up like, like running like an orphanage or something. Like if she grew to an adult, you know what I mean? Something that helps other people and especially children, but I, I just could never see her being married. Yeah, maybe. Um, and then, Amy knows she wants to marry Rich, and I don't think there's, you know, that makes sense. And in that time, being rich probably meant being much more healthy than being poor. And so I like the scene between her and Lori where he's, he's there in France and he's talking to her about how she's going to marry Fred Vaughn. And she basically says, you know, like, marriage is an economical proposition tell me it's not you know and, and she's explaining i have like, to say i as, did like that part yeah like i think that's really interesting because it puts an explanation to why amy wanted to marry well and and yes i think part of it she was a little bit like snootier and more worldly than the other one and the other girls and that's okay I also like the fact that she wanted to be a painter, but she just wasn't good enough and she couldn't really follow her passions, which I think a lot of people fall into. And, and, and I, I like that she's loud because it makes sense that she would be sort of like loud, like kind of like a cheerleader before cheerleaders were even a thing. You know, I think if you took if you plucked amy out of this movie and popped her into now she would be a cheerleader she would be on the drama team you know what i mean she'd be like a very boisterous personality and i like that she didn't quite fit in in that regard but not in the same way joe did it was more like she was vivacious and beautiful and and she's captivating and and I think that they just, I, I really liked what they did with her story. And I think they made her kind of stodgy and a little too prissy in the 1994 version when she's an adult. I have no problems with the Kirsten Dunst version of Amy when she's a child. I think it's, it's really good. But yeah, I, um, I agree with you in certain aspects. I mean, I, I overall just really like, I have a hard time really saying anything very positive about this movie just because of how much I disliked it. I thought it it was like, I, I sent a text to a friend and I said, the 1994 one is like a warm, welcoming hug. And the 2019 one is like walking through 
an empty museum. It's beautiful, but it's devoid of life. And I stand by that statement, <laughs> you know? So I'm really disappointed that I didn't like it. I was really wanting to like it. And I liked the cast and I, I just, it wasn't pulling me in. And I think part of it too was that I felt like the 1994 one was much more like, kind of like, you know, you can do anything you put your mind to. You can be whatever you want. Like we, you know, you are a woman of the future. You are um, your own person. And I feel like this didn't really explore that. And they also made Marmy kind of like, she's like, I'm angry every single day of my life. And I was like, where the fuck did this come from? And that was really bizarre to me. And I didn't think that scene should have been in there because I like the idea of um, developing Marmy more as a character, but I thought that felt really out of place. It didn't seem like she should be an angry character. It seems like she should be a happy character. And because she's surrounded by the people that she loves, you know, she's surrounded by her girls. So it didn't seem like there was any like real reason for her to be angry all the time other than like, I mean, obviously the state of the world was pretty shitty. It's like, you know, right after the Civil War, so it's not great. Um, and I really liked, too, that in the 1994 one, there's a mention that the, um, one of the, it's okay, it's at the party where Meg is going, and um, they start talking about the silk the silk trade or something like that, or they're, they're talking about slavery, and, and one of the girls says, oh, well, the marches don't agree with that. And or like they take a very strong stance on, on slavery. And I was like, okay, that's awesome that they included that because that shows like these people are like, no, we don't believe in that because it's wrong to own another human being. And they didn't include, I don't think they really did that in the 2019 unless I missed it, but I, I don't remember them saying anything like that. And I was kind of like, I felt like that was pretty vital, especially during that time when people are literally fighting for their freedom and they have a family that is saying, I believe that these people should be free. Why shouldn't they be, you know? And so there was, there was so much missing. There was such an, an emotional component missing for me to the point where it just like, I was just like, okay. And I was counting down the minutes until it was over. I, it was about 45 minutes too long for me. So um they do address it when Marmy is at the train station and she says to the the African-American woman, she says, the woman's like, you should go home and be with your family. And she says, I, I like to be here helping. I've been ashamed of my country for so long. Yeah. So they do okay, address yeah. it. And I do like, I actually liked Laura Dern's performance as Marmy. And I, I have to disagree with you slightly that I could totally see that she's probably angry. Her husband is in war in the war. She doesn't know if he's going to live. Um, the family is, you know, like scraping by, like, I guess the equivalent of paycheck to paycheck. There's a lot of poor people in the world that she's trying to help. And I think that I, I like the fact that she says, Joe, you know, you remind me of me. And Joe is like, what? you're perfect. How can I remind you of you? You never have any problems. You're, you're always so patient. And she was like, no, it took me 40 years, taking me 40 years to work on that, you know? And I thought that that was, 
that was interesting because of course Joe would have to get her spirit from somebody and right. it kind of makes sense that it would come from Marmy because Marmy has she's wise she has the right. same problems but she knows how to use her wisdom and her patience to get through it and then later when Amy says that Aunt March is going to take her to Paris Joe shows that the pep talk that Marmy gave her did sort of help because she's like, I'm happy for you. And Marmy gives her sort of a look of like pride, like you're learning, you're growing. You may not feel like you are, but you are. And I, I actually did. I liked Laura Dern's performance. Um, but I think to your point, it does feel like a colder movie. Yeah. And I think some of the reason is I'm curious I would like to sort of like transport myself into somebody who didn't know the story of Little Women and see this movie because there was a lot of like, there was small fan services that did, that do kind of irk me. And I think that's one of the reasons it's, it's it feels cold because the movie relies on its audience knowing a lot of the story already, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Like there's a scene where Amy... Um, after she got hit in the hands by her teacher and in the, in the new movie she was waiting outside Lori's house and all the family comes in and John Brooke is like tripping all over himself over Meg like he's already in love with her and I think t- and I thought to myself I know that they're going to end up together because I know the story but I don't think that he would act that way in in a movie where the story is totally original and nobody knows it, you have to establish that he likes her. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't really... So there's little things like that that I noticed throughout that sort of seem to be made for people like you and me because yeah. we already know the story, but that's not how a movie should be made. A movie should be made for... Like somebody should be able to come in off the street and, yeah. and be yeah, like, that's, oh, I'm putting the pieces together, you know? That was a big issue. And actually, so relevant to that is um, in the 2019, how Joe and Friedrich got together. I was like, where's the relationship? How, like, so they talked twice and now they're in love. Okay. Like, it felt like a bad Hallmark movie. They're like, oh my God, you're in love with him. And I was like, chill she's known him for three days like she's not in love with him and like they show like a scene where they like pass by each other on the stairs and they're both like clearly like whoa that person's really attractive but it it was in the 1994 one first of all okay first of all I love Gabriel Byrne as a German professor I like Joan and his relationship is by far probably my, my most favorite part of that film. I absolutely love him. And I have to say, and I'm glad I remember this because I wrote a bunch of notes originally on my phone, which died. And um, <laughs> um, one of the things I was worried about when I was watching the 1994 version, because it had been so long since I'd seen it. And so much has happened in my life since then that has made me you know, kind of like less naive, I guess. And I was worried that it was going to be a type of situation where I had really loved him when I was a kid because I didn't realize, like, that's not the way that people should act. But I loved him just as much as I did when I first saw it. And I thought he was great and he was supportive of her and he was always there for her and he was always like, 
you can do better. I know you can. And, and I was like, this guy's freaking perfect. <laughs> He's perfect. And so, you know, when he delivers the, um, the manuscript to her in the 1994 one, and she's, um, she like runs outside after him. It was such a cute and sweet romantic moment. And it felt so right because they showed them actually having and developing a relationship. But this other one, the 2019 one, there was hardly anything between them. And so I was like, why should I care about these two characters getting together? Because I don't, and I don't know this guy. So why would I care about Joe liking him? You know? And, and, and it like really threw me off and, and it just, it felt so, it felt very tropey and it was kind of cringy to me and ugh, it was just not, it wasn't good. It was, I didn't like that at all. My biggest problem with the new version is Joe and Professor Bear and I have quite a lot to say about it. So number one that I want to make sure I touch on because you're right. The you they you don't see much between them. And I think something that I really like about Joe and Professor Bear in the nineteen ninety four version with Winona Ryder and Gabriel Byrne is that he asks to read her work and he gives her his honest opinion and he doesn't like what she writes and she and him getting a little bit of a tiff, but then they sort of make up and then you see them doing things together after that like he takes her to the theater and and they go to this like little meeting this discussion meeting you know and 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 he leaves her a little present he leaves her like an orange you know and so you see little things in their relationship and they've made up for the fact that he didn't necessarily liked what she did what her like what her writing was but they like still get close after that because he was honest with her and he was honest and she and him and their their relationship grows but in this new version well and he just to add to that and he respected her immensely you know yes. and that like like when they're in the little um when they're in that salon i guess you would call it with uh the the men talking about the women like uh the suffragette movement and everything um he was like, okay, excuse me. She's trying to speak. And it was like, it was like just that level of like, everyone needs to shut up because this lady's got something important to say. I was like, fuck yes. Yes. I love it. You know? So anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Go on. No, no, I appreciate it. It's a real relationship. You can see her falling in love with him. And I have, I have so much to say about this whole thing. So I'm going to try not to commandeer too much, but I have a lot to say. Okay. And it's a real relationship. You can tell that they're falling in love with each other. And I love that because she turns down Lori. And I Wait, honestly. You're, you're talking about the 1994 one, right? Because I thought for a second it sounded like you're talking about the 2019 one. Yeah, I'm talking about, well, yeah, I'm talking about the 1994 one right now. But I guess okay. both of them because it's the same in essence. Like part of me sort of doesn't understand from just a surface level level why she turned down Lori and like there's like 10% of me who always harbors this like I wish that her and Lori would have ended up together because they were best friends yeah and they loved each other dearly and they had so much fun together and like 
girl, it's Christian Bale. No. <laughs> like, and just, I just really loved their relationship. And in the 1994 version, um, but then it makes sense because she just wasn't ready. Like she wasn't no. ready for a, a romantic relationship. And Teddy was her, Teddy, Lori, you know, same guy, Theodore yeah, Lawrence. Like, yeah. He was her best friend and she was kind of wise. Like she didn't, she didn't, she just wasn't ready to be in a relationship like that. And, and I think it's really beautiful that she goes to New York and she meets professor bear and she matures and she falls in love with him because she's ready. And I think that's really cool. And in the new version yeah, we don't get to see that really. Like she no. leaves town, Beth gets sick and she leaves town after yelling at Professor Bear for giving his honest opinion about her work. And she's like, we're not friends. You're, nobody's going to remember you. And she's really mean to him, like really nasty to him. And I have no idea well, that's why like he- the first interaction too. That's the first time we Well, they ever like danced him. together at that pub or whatever. But like, I don't know why he would be compelled to- come to her house while he's on his way out west after she talked to him that way like there's nothing between them like you said no no and this comes to my soapbox and this is something i've been ranting about since i've seen since i saw the new little women and i did do a little bit of research and greta gerwig said that there there's some letters from louisa may alcott where she didn't want Joe to marry Lori because she didn't want to like, um, I'm paraphrasing because it's been a while since I've read this quote, but like everybody wanted Joe to get married because it's the 1800s, like women get married, you know? Right. And she was like, I'm not going to make her marry Lori because she, you know, I'm not going to marry off my heroine, you know? And so she, she had she didn't have them end up together because that's what fans sort of wanted and she didn't want to do that so she that's why she brought in professor bear and so something that really bothers me the 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 major thing that i have an issue with in this new version is it becomes kind of meta at the end yeah where like joe so joe is like bartering with the publisher and she he's like He's like, your heroine has to get married. And she's like, why did, why can't she be an independent woman? And he's like, no, she needs to get married. And so then it's like, she reluctantly has Joe marry Professor Bear. And it's, and, and this is, this is what bothers me is that the fact of the matter is, is that the source material has Joe and Professor Bear falling in love and getting married. Louisa May Alcott maybe initially didn't want to have that happen, but she did. And she wrote a very beautiful story. And I really like that. And I think if this is an original movie and it's not based on anything, yes, have your heroine not get married. Have her not be connected to anybody. But this movie, this book is about a woman who falls in love with Professor Bear and they get married and there's nothing wrong with that. And it really like grinds my gears that the movie seems to be saying that a woman can't be, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, I know this is more of a modern term. It probably wouldn't fit in little women age, but it's like a woman can't be a feminist if she's married. And yeah. it really bothered me because 
nothing is more beautiful to me than the 1994 version where Joe inherits her aunt's giant mansion. Joe decides to start a school in the mansion. Joe asks Professor Bear to stay and be a teacher. So she's basically marrying her equal. She's asking him to come into partnership with her. They love each other on an equal level. She's not his property. She's not better than him. He's not better than her. She's bringing him into her life on her own terms. And I can't think of anything more feministic than that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with falling in love and having a partner, like getting married, having a partner to go through life with. And I dislike how I felt like I was being browbeaten in the new one. Like, well, if you fall in love with a man, then you're not an independent woman anymore. And I don't think that's the case because I think for her time, for the 1800s, Joe was getting herself an equal partner. And I think that is more progressive than just being like, well, I guess if I can't make her single and, and I understand the sentiment I do, but just the fact remains that the source material has her getting married. And I don't think that they should poo poo it the way they did. Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense. And I like the way that you say that she brings him into her world on her terms. I really like that Mm -hmm. because it's true. And I think that they have, I think out of, I've seen, you know, believe it or not, uh, this is going to surprise you, but I've seen a lot of movies. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And um, I think that hands down, this is probably one of the top best written love stories between those two characters because again he he encourages her to be her best self he tells her that she and like she can strive for better and he knows that she can and even when she's angry at him he's like okay be angry at me but I was just honest with you and I told you my opinion yep and he respects her and and he loves her and it's like what you said it's a totally equal relationship he is not wanting to marry her because he wants, you know, to get her pregnant, like, like for half her life or something, you know, he like wants to be with her and to learn from her and to, you know, teach her whatever he knows. And it's, it's just, it's so well done. And so that's why the 2019 one was just so terribly disappointing because this relationship was built on, it's like a foundation of like balsa wood instead of like real, like real like oak or something you know what I mean it's like it's flaky and it's gonna crumble if it gets wet (laughs) you know yeah it's just it, it was weak it was weak and it was poorly written and for how stupidly long this movie was there in my mind is no you like there is no excuse to not build their relationship you know, like cut out some other stuff then. Cut out that stupid conversation between Meg and John. That's not important, you know, or whatever, regardless. Yeah. Like, don't, like, don't, like, the thing is that, that what bothers me is don't expect, like, what you said, your audience to already have seen this previous movie or love the book or whatever, because you're not giving enough information to make it 
a reasonable um, relationship. It, it doesn't it, like there's no, there's nothing solid. There's no backbone that to that. It's just, it's, it, it's just like a jellyfish. It's weak. It's, <laughs> bleh, it's a blob. Yeah, I think, and that's the biggest problem I have is that I feel like she, they didn't show the relationship between Joe and Professor Bear just so they could do that cheeky meta ending where yeah. they beat us over the heads with the fact like, oh, she can't be successful and single. And it's like, no, if any piece of art or if anything from that time truly shows a woman like coming into her own it's joe and joe decided she loved professor bear and she invited him in i don't see anything wrong with that and i really it just grinds my gears that they did it that way because i understand i'm totally on board with the fact that women i mean i'm on board with the idea that it was wrong that women were property for so long and women didn't have rights or incomes on their own i understand that and i agree that it sucked but in this movie in particular, in this book in particular, Joe had autonomy. And in that, she made the free will decision to invite Professor Bear into her life. And I, I disliked that they, they, I feel like they got it so wrong in the new movie. Yeah. They missed the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's, it's, I, didn't even really like realize that until you pointed it out. But now I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, what? Uh, hold on. I want to see what else I have written down. Well, I do want to talk. Um, there's something else I want to talk about that I really actually appreciated in the new movie. Okay. And that has to do with Lori and Amy. Um, okay. There's just one line in the movie that I wish had been in the 1994 version and it's when Lori is in the attic with Joe and so he's asked her to marry him she refused him he goes off to Paris him and Amy fall in love him and Amy get married and and on one hand it makes sense to me and I accepted it in the 1994 version in the book whatever it's totally cool I liked it I have no problems with it but one line in the new movie I really liked he says to Joe Joe, listen, you were right. We wouldn't have been a good match. And the way I love Amy is different than the way I loved you. And all that, and I thought that was really good because watching the movie, you'd think like, is, did you ever see the movie Inventing the Abbots? No. Well, I think the gist of it is like, um, one of the characters just wanted to be with one of these, like, I think the family name was Abbott and he just wanted to be with one of the sisters in the Abbott family mm -hmm. and they were all kind of interchangeable to him. And like, I could see where a viewer might see Lori as like, he just wants to be in the March family and he doesn't care who he marries. Right. So I like that the new version of the movie was like, no, he fell in love with Amy and the way he loved her is different. And that solves a lot of the weird nebulous like mystery about like, how did he love Amy? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I like that. I like that. In the 1994 version, and I, I totally agree with you. I think that that should have, I would have liked that in the 1994 version as well. 
um, because in the 1994 one, I always kind of got the impression that like it was just like, oh, well, I can't have Joe, so Amy will do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like that. Like, who wants to know that you're, you're someone, you're, like, you're your husband's second choice, you know? And I and think part of that, the new, sorry. No, that's really all I had to say. Go on. Well, I think part of that, that the new movie did really well, is they had the same actress as Amy the whole way through. So you see her and Lori interacting the whole way through as the same actress. Yeah. And I think that lends itself to believing their love story. And then that line that I told you about, I think is really good. Whereas in the 1994 version, Lori always looks quite a bit older than Kirsten Dunst. And like when they're in the carriage together and Kirsten Dunst is like, I don't want to die. I've never even been kissed yet. And he's like, I promise to kiss you before you die. That seems like a really cute, like, it's not creepy at all to me. It seems like a cute thing that, like, an older friend of the family, not older, like, he was probably, like, four years older than her. You know, like, he wasn't that much older older. than her. Just, like, a friend who thinks, here's this cutesy little girl that I'm consoling would say, you know, like, in a consolation, like, you're not going to die, but don't worry. If you were, I'll kiss you before you die, you know, and it's just very sweet in a very sweet moment and then the next time we see them when we actually have to believe that they're falling in love it's not the same actress so we haven't seen the two together and i think that that is a it's a disservice to the story well i think that i think kirsten Dunst had more chemistry than samantha mathis big time yeah Yeah. and so i think that was an issue too because i agree with you I, i didn't have as much of an issue with samantha mathis um as you did but I also totally agree with you because you're like, well, I don't know this girl. Who is she? You know? And it'd be one thing maybe if like you see Amy being young for only like 20 minutes and then the rest of the time she's older than sure. But like, because she was like for three fourths of the movie, she's, you know, a young girl. And then suddenly she's an adult and she's like grown up and everything. Um, It's, it's kind of, it's like jolting a little bit. You're just like, wait, wait, what? What? <laughs> yeah. Like, what happened here? I mean, obviously, Kirsten Dunst was too young to play that role. You know, she was like, I mean, what did that come out like two years after Interview with a Vampire or whatever? I think so. I think, yeah. let's see, 1994. It's the same year. Oh, same year. Okay. So she's yeah. the same age. Well, so she was the same age in both of those movies. I didn't realize how close they were. I thought she was older in Little Women for some reason. She looked older to me. So she was like 11. And she was nominated. Wasn't she nominated for an Academy Award? Or no? For uh, Interview, I think, yeah. Was she? I think so, yeah. I can't remember. I don't think she won, but I think she was nominated. I know she never didn't win because I think Anna Paquin is the youngest winter winter winner. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. So yeah, Kirsten Dunst was, she was nominated for a Golden Globe for Interview with the Vampire. So she's obviously a phenomenal actress. And at that time she was really well. So yeah, I just think, I think I really liked Florence Pugh as Amy, but I, I mean, I like Kirsten Dunst as young Amy, you know, so. Yeah. I think I said earlier that I didn't like the nonlinear storyline. Um, I really didn't, I really didn't like the music. 
I had a big issue with the music because the music in the 1994 one, like in the menu, you hear that? No, no, wait, maybe it wasn't the menu. It's so, okay. Beginning credits, you hear the music start. Yeah. And immediately I was like, oh my God, I love this. I love this so much. Like immediately it like pulled me in. I had the emotional, like an emotional reaction right away. And with this, it felt like the music was, it just wasn't as warm. It wasn't as soft. It wasn't as like happy. It felt like it was just a little cold. Um, I, that's exactly what the whole like 2019 one, that is exactly the word that I would use to describe that movie is that it was cold to me. Um, like if I had used one word, that's what I would say. It, it just, I never, I never connected with it ever, you know, and I wanted to, and I tried to look at it from an objective point of view, but I honestly cannot tell you if I would, if I had not seen the 1994 one, if I would have liked it or not. I like, I cannot tell you, I can't decide. I don't know. Um, so it, it's, I don't know, you know, I, I really, I was really disappointed. I was really disappointed by this one. I, I certainly did not want it to be a scene for scene remake, but I would have preferred that over what they did. So Hmm. that's what I'd say. Yeah, I, I agree that it was, I agree with you that it was colder. I liked I liked that she sort of made it her own, but still also kept it as like an homage to the 1994 version. But I agree that they could have swapped, they could have cut some scenes out and added some other scenes. So you're not wrong, but I do think that it's definitely a modern retelling of a classic. And I think she probably did... a better job than anybody else in our current generation could do. Um, but I do want to talk about what did you think about Timothy Chalamet as Laurie? What do you think about? Hey, wait, is it Chalamet or Chalamet? Chalamet. Is it okay? I thought it was Chalamet. What do you think about him? Like, what are your thoughts on him? So, first of all, I think he's really cute. I think he's an adorable human being. Um, I. Really, I, I I wish that I had liked the movie more because I liked him as Laurie. I thought he did a pretty decent job. Um, I would say overall, I think he was one of the best parts of the film. I've never seen him in anything else. So this was my first time seeing him in anything. He's actually in Interstellar. Oh, okay. So I have seen him in something. I mean, I didn't even realize it was him. I actually, like... I saw that movie many times before I knew it was him and I only knew it was him because I think I caught his name on the credits or maybe read it on like a Wikipedia page or something and I went, oh my gosh, that is him. <laughs> but he's young. He's Matthew McConaughey's son. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. I kind of remember that. But um, so he, I, I liked him a lot. I... um 
I did not like him as much as Christian Bale. I'm a pretty big Christian Bale fan, so that's going to be hard to top. Like, well, Christian Bale is consistently across the board. I love Christian Bale's movies. You know, Christian Bale is one of the greatest actors of our generation. Absolutely. So I, I, he's big shoes to fill. Yeah. And Christian Bale was so is so cute in this movie, and I've always thought he was so cute. Even 10-year-old Samantha was like, Lori's so cute. <laughs> and he was so cute. <laughs> yeah. I love it. One of my favorite parts is when he holds up a book in front of his face and he says to Joe, like, is Meg missing a glove by any chance? And he, like, does that, like, cascading finger, like, finger drumming down the book. And I've always <laughs> loved that moment. It's, it's, I don't know. It's a great, he's, he's great. I agree. He is he's great. Like, and I actually think that's funny because I, um, I'm on the fence about Timothy Chalamet. I'm not sure if I like him as Laurie or not. So that's interesting that, like, of all the things we actually disagree <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I would, always, I would always choose Christian Bale over Timothy, but... Um, I, I, yeah, I didn't mind him. I didn't mind his performance so much. Um, I, I didn't particularly think that him and Florence Pugh had a lot of chemistry. I thought they I were I think okay. that was, like, part of the issue that I had. Did you? But he's, I liked that he's full of passion. I appreciated that. And I think that fits for Lori. And I really, really like the scene in the new movie where he he lets he brings Meg home in the carriage because she twisted her ankle and he sees how warm and loving and loud and chaotic the march house is and he like wants it like you can see in his eyes that he longs for that sort of loving family cuz all he has is his grandpa and it's a very cold home that he lives in you know right it's a cold huge home yeah and so i really like that you can see the longing in him and I, you can see why he latches on to the March family because, because he, he's lacking that sort of love and affection and life in his own home. Yeah. So I really think they do that really beautifully in the new movie and it's still good. Like I have no problems with the, the 1994 movie in that regard, but I just think I really like that awake like you see the longing in his face and i think that that's that's a cool moment yeah i okay so um, i'm gonna amend my previous statement (laughs) because now i'm thinking more about stuff that he did and said and i thought that he was kind of a dick so um i still think i still think he was one of my favorite parts I would not say that I loved him as Lori, though, because he he did say a lot of like dickish things, like when Meg was at the party, like like that really bothered me because Meg's having a great time. She's yeah. dressed up, she's super cute. Her friends are calling her Daisy because it's fun, and he's just like, "Why are you behaving like this? Why are you being this way?" And no, I don't like your dress. And it was just like let the girl live, man. Like let her live her life. Like I thought it was so rude and it like 
in in my mind like if someone had talked like that to me and I was close to them that would have ruined my night I would have been like thanks by the way for ruining my night by saying all that shitty shit that you said like (laughs) for being a fucking asshole like you know what I mean like I would just be like don't come to my party next time if you're gonna be such a downer bye you know it's so (laughs) well I I think actually I agree with you and the thing is in the 1994 version, when Lori and Meg are at that party and Lori's kind of giving her a hard time, his motivation is coming from a, a standpoint of like jealousy. He loves the March family. He wants them all for himself. He doesn't like people fawning over her because he doesn't want to lose any bit of the March family because he finally has a family of his own. And so he's kind of teasing her about it and he's kind of like being a little bit harsh because he's jealous. Right. And I like that because it makes sense. And in the new movie, like you said, he's just a dick. Like, he's he's, really nasty to her. Like, yeah. Like, I have no idea what his motivation. I can't tell what his motivation is in that scene for being so mean to her. No, I can't either. Yeah, (laughs) Shitty shit. That's a good. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's so true. It is like. It's yeah no I, you're right there there doesn't seem to be much of a a good motivation other than the fact that it's like almost it's it makes you almost wonder if maybe his motivation was because he just wanted to ruin her night you know yeah, or he wanted it to break seemed her down like, it. like yeah like it was rude it was terribly rude and mm-hmm. and if again if someone had treated me that way I would have I would have like later told them off I would have been like you were a fucking asshole to me and you need to apologize you know like you ruined yeah. my night so yeah um, it was pretty bad I there's something off about the way he plays Lori and I have another <laughs> something else about the way he plays Lori is that he's almost to like a lot of women Timothy Chalamet is like this really sexy guy and I think he's cute I definitely think he's cute he's he's attractive I think when he like gets older he'll be handsome but he's yeah young now so you know I think he's a cute guy and if I was 20 I probably would think he was very attractive and so that kind of rubs me the wrong way that he was cast as Lori because Christian Bale was in movies before Little Women so I'm not saying he was not a newcomer but Christian Bale had like an innocence to him and I don't know entirely if people saw him as like a heartthrob the way they saw Timothy Chalamet as a heartthrob before he was in Little Women does that make yeah. sense? I'm not sure because, yeah, like I yeah. said, I was one through eight, uh, one through nine years old, so I don't know. But <laughs> I um, do know that he didn't seem like somebody who was like flaunted in my face as like this hottie in Hollywood the way Timothy Chalamet is. Right. And I almost feel like the role of Laurie should have gone to um, somebody who the world is not always telling me is attractive. Yeah. 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 It's like casting like George Clooney is that like like just like like classically just attractive dude. Like that's his role. Like you're like everyone knows George Clooney's good looking. Everyone finds George Clooney. Like even if you're not like attracted to him, you're still like, okay, the guy's good looking. Like it you're not blind, you know? But it it's 
I, I agree with you. It, it's like um, when Frozen came out, okay? I was like, okay, so Frozen's out and everyone's flipping out over it. And everyone's like, it's so great. It's so great. It's such a great movie. It's so great. And I watched it and I was like, it's not that great. <laughs> like it's, there are definitely better Disney movies out there. And I didn't really care about that movie, but everyone was telling me how great it was that I had to see it. So I watched it and it, it's like with someone constantly shoving a thought in your face and you like are almost not allowed to form your own thoughts about it. That's kind of similar to them casting him as Laurie because they're like, look how cute he is. He's so cute. He's so attractive. He's such a, you know, like a sexy young, you know, man. But I, I, I'm like, okay, and that's fine that you think that, but can I form my own opinion about it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he's just, he's too well known. Well, that's not fair because Christian Bale was in movies and he was well known, I think, before. But it's just the, the, the attitude about him is different than i feel like it was for christian bale and so that that's the problem well, he that wasn't a heartthrob christian bale was never really a heartthrob like he may have played roles or he was you know an attractive guy but he i would never he he was certainly like never on the level of like leonardo dicaprio you know i mean leonardo dicaprio was a heartthrob josh herndon was a heartthrob yeah i think actually that's a good point i think if Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio had been cast as Laurie, that would have been similar to how I, like to Timothy Chalamet being Laurie. Yeah. yeah. It would have been that thing. And I think they made an infinitely better decision hiring Christian Bale. Perfect. It was so good. And well, and, to be fair though, Leonardo DiCaprio would have not been a heartthrob at that time. He wasn't a heartthrob until after Titanic. I thought I remember like he was in like growing pains and he was really cute. Like Yeah, but I don't think he got like he didn't get really popular until after Titanic came out. Oh no, wait, he was in Romeo and Juliet. You know, just go on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Just go on. <laughs> and that brings me to Joe. Um okay. I'm a big Saoirse Ronan fan. I think she's awesome. I think she's an outstanding actress. Same. I think she's gorgeous and i almost think she's too pretty to be joe let me finish though i think winona Ryder is gorgeous as well but winona Ryder is a more unique pretty person yeah she's very very pretty in a more unique way and she makes more sense for joe because there's a scene in the new movie where Saoirse Ronan as Joe is saying, I'm awkward and ugly. And I'm like, okay, you're neither of those two things. And it's offensive. It's offensive for you to be saying this line right now because you're beautiful. And right. so it's like in, um, it's like in the longest ride when Britt Robertson's character is like, Oh, my parents were immigrants and it was really always hard for me to fit in, even though I'm <laughs> like super cute and adorable and like, you know, <laughs> yeah, totally American, like, like super Americanized. She doesn't like, do anything so that seems like, like not American. Yeah. There's like no point in time where she's like, Oh, it's my cultural or it's my cultural heritage. It's just always like, she's just like, well, I'm super awkward and like, sure. I'm super attractive, but my God, I'm clumsy. And it's like, Oh, shut up. 
stuff, you Mary Sue, <laughs> you know? So yeah, so I have, I take issue with that because, and I don't, like I said, do not misunderstand me because I think Winona Ryder is beautiful as well, but I just think, I mean, she was in like Beetlejuice and she was in like Girl Interrupted and she's been in these these movies where she's unique she has a unique look she was in heather's she has this unique dark look about her that well, she plays itself. a lot of unique characters that yeah I think and it, ronan really does it lends itself to a character that could say but i'm very awkward and i'm this and and she's very beautiful but she is kind of like she embodies more of a person who maybe feels like they don't fit in and maybe don't realize how pretty they are. But I do not buy for one second that Sir Sharonin could pull that off because she's just, she's, she's very pretty. And yes. I don't think she was necessarily totally bad for the role, but I, I do think that maybe a little bit of like a nepotism casting that maybe if I thought too much about it would kind of bother me because she was awesome in Lady Bird. She stole the show in Lady Bird. And I think Greta Gerwig is like, we work well together. I'm going to give you this role. Well, I think she she wanted the role. And right. so she got the role. And I'm wondering if maybe somebody else could have done a better job. What are you? What are your thoughts? Um, I think someone else could have done a better job. Yeah, I agree with you. I can't think of anyone specifically off the top of my head. Um, I mean, as I've said before, I really like when they cast unknowns because you don't get a certain expectation as to what you're going to see. You know, like if you watch a Scarlett Johansson movie, I pretty much know that she's going to be kind of like a seductive kind of character. And I'm like, okay, well, like I've seen this before. Um, and obviously that is not completely true off the, uh, you know, on the, what is that? What am I trying to say? It's not completely true across the board. However, I have seen a lot more of those than I've seen where she plays different characters in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, and that's not really the case with Shorsha Ronan, but um, no, I, I, I wouldn't say that she, like, in my mind in the 1994 one, Joe is 100% Winona Ryder. Like, there's no one else for that character. There's no one else for that character. Right. And so, it, like, to cast Shorja Ronan as this pretty iconic character, it, it, was, it was fine. It was okay. But it was an extraordinary it wasn't the best thing ever. It wasn't like I couldn't like 100% not see anyone else in that role. So it was just whatever, you know? Yeah. I think just to clarify my thoughts, I think she's a phenomenal actress and I do not think of her in like the Scarlett Johans Johansson terms where her movies are all the same. I think her movies are all varied. Her performances are all great. It's just this one specific movie where I think she's not suited because she's too normal looking. Yeah. She's too, she's not even, I mean, normal is even like a little bit mean. She's too pretty. She's too pristine. 
looking. I don't buy, I don't buy a lack of confidence from her because she's just, she's just too pretty. Yeah. And, and I don't think she has that uniqueness of spirit that Winona Ryder had for the role. And so I agree with you. I think you said it perfectly. She was fine in the role. It wasn't bad, but it's, there's potential that there, there was somebody better out there, like somebody better suited for it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I did. Okay. So I wanted to talk about, um, I wanted to go back to the Beth death scene because maybe I missed this, but when Joe woke up, did she just like walk past? And this is in the, the 2019 one. Did she just like walk past like Beth's dead body and was like, oh, where is everyone? And then goes downstairs and sees her mom crying. And she's like, oh, Beth is dead. Because I was like, if you saw her lying in bed, wouldn't you maybe be like, mm, something's not right here? But it seemed like, like I was like, did they move her without you know, like Joe being aware that they moved Beth's body. Did I miss something there? It was kind of like a shot for shot remake from the 1994 version where like when Beth gets sick the first time, Winona Ryder wakes up and the bed is empty and she goes downstairs and Beth is eating breakfast with the family and they know that she's not going to, she's getting better. And then Winona Ryder wakes up again and the bed is empty and she goes downstairs and Beth is nowhere to be found. And they do pretty much the same thing in the new movie. So the well, wait, no, no. In assumption the, in is... The, wait, in the 1994 one, um, she is reading to her in bed and she goes to close the window and she looks back after she closes the window and she realizes Beth has passed away. Oh, Okay. But then doesn't she wake up in the morning and the bed is empty and they're like sprinkling rose petals on it? No, I don't I don't think so. No. That's not I think it's they're they're sprinkling rose petals but everyone's like up and dressed. I think that the assumption is that she died in the night and she and they moved the body. Um okay. I don't think cuz I think they showed the empty bed if I remember correctly. I think they showed the empty bed. Um but I think I like like what you said. I I think that the death scene in the 1994 version is better. How she she knows that Beth has passed, and in this one, I'm not sure why they wouldn't have woken her up and been like, she's gone. Yeah, you know, like why like would they just like weird. take the body out? Yeah, like she wouldn't and she wouldn't wake up from that. Especially, it's like. I doubt she's in some deep sleep while she's sitting straight up, you know? In a yeah. Chair. Like, and while she's I, worried about her sister and yeah. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, unless you're like the deepest sleeper in the world, I really highly doubt that she didn't wake up because she, you know, I would imagine that she would have a fitful sleep. And then as soon as she heard something, she'd be like, what Beth, you know, but no, that's yeah. I, <clears throat> I don't, it was very devoid of emotion for me, especially that scene. And I was very disappointed by that because the 1994 one does it so well and they do it like you, you really feel the pain when they lose their sister in that. And this new one was kind of like, Oh yeah, Beth's dead. And I was like, uh, um, great. <laughs> you know, like I was, I was, I was just like that. That fucking sucks, dude. I'm sorry to hear that. I, but 
I don't really care. <laughs> you know, like you, you just, not that I would say that to someone in real life. I just want to like say that out loud. It's just that because I didn't care about the movie that I just didn't care that she passed away. I was kind of like, all right, that's it. That's that. She's gone now. You know, there was no, the, the actress name is Eliza Scanlon. And I think what you said earlier is that she just didn't, there was nothing really interesting or compelling about her. She, you, she didn't pull you in the way that Claire Danes did. And Claire Danes did such a great job. And it was so subtle. It was such a subtle, awesome performance. And Claire Danes is a very good actress anyway. Um, ugh, that's what I got to say. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I like... I didn't care for the beach scenes where Beth was like talking about how she was going to die and Joe was like, don't talk like that. I, that wasn't a, a good enough emotional way for them to acknowledge that Beth was going someplace that Joe couldn't follow right now. Right. And I really like the 1994 version when Beth is like, I, I just don't like being left behind because all of her sisters left the house and she said, so now I'm going somewhere where, you know, you guys can't go. And I, I think it's just, it's a, it's a really beautiful scene between the two of them and, and the relationship in the new one just unfortunately isn't as, isn't as well done. And yeah. the acted, the Beth role is just, it's so minimized and I can't, yeah. I don't understand for the life of me because I would dare say that Beth has probably left an imprint on most girls who like most girls our age well yeah. most, most girls of any age who have read the book at least not even talking about the movie i think beth leaves an impact because of her tragic story yeah and so it really shocked me that the movie bar barely gave it any like it didn't it just didn't have much behind the story of of her relationship with her sisters and her dying it was no it didn't yeah. and and by the way the thing that really started getting me crying when i watched the 1994 one was the part where she was saying like i like she knew she was going and she's like and and you know and that was that was just so sad and it was such a it was so well written though and Man, I'm so disappointed with this new one. I'm so disappointed. It's like I wanted I wanted good things so badly and I felt I feel like I got jilted. You know, like I, I emotionally got jilted. I was like, give me my emotional my emotional um um like like money back, you know? <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> I think the uh, difference between our viewings is that I I did not think I mean I, I never for one second thought it would be better than the nineteen ninety four version. Oh I, I didn't totally either. off my and so I think I was able to enjoy it because I compartmentalized it that way and I could see the modern twist and I could appreciate it. And I think it, the new version, I didn't mind the music. I liked it. It's not iconic like the other like the 1994 version but it's very colorful i really like how colorful the new version is um but yeah i i think it has a place i i think 
I can totally see that it's it's little women for the modern generation. And I'm like I said, I'm okay with that. But I would hope that people who saw this one would be encouraged to go back and see the because I think that the 1994 one is superior. Superior oh, for, for sure, yeah. Um, so I would hope that if you see the new one or if you've seen the new one and you haven't seen the 1994 one, you will go back and and see it. I agree 100. Um, I I didn't think it was going to be better. I didn't have higher expectations of it. Um, but I do have to say it's funny that you keep saying it's so colorful because I didn't view it that way. I thought it was very. I thought it was darker. I thought it was like um, more. It was like less saturated. Um, I thought it was. A, it looked to me like there was a lot of greens and blues rather than like um, oranges and reds and like warmer colors. So it's funny that you say that because you're like it's so colorful, and I was like, is it though? <laughs> you know, like I'm like, you sure about that? So, and I think that part of it is that it's like almost like my emotions are coloring the movie like literally and um because i'm i'm kind of viewing it through like an like an emotional like lens and so in my mind like the lens it almost like takes out the colors of the rainbow and just leaves you with like a duller color so yeah i think it's funny that you keep saying that because i'm like i don't i don't think i don't see it like that at all (laughs) So, Lauren, <laughs> given all that we've just discussed, would you <laughs> recommend either of the movies? <laughs> uh, well, I would definitely recommend the 1994 one 100%. I think it's a beautifully done film in my mind. Um, it's, it's, uh, you said this on the Ever After one, and I keep thinking about this, but in my mind, it's a near-perfect film. I love it. I think it's beautifully done. It's beautifully casted. It's well-written. I love the music. I like really the only flaw is the whole Kirsten Dunst and Math the Mathis thing. And to my in my mind in my mind, it's not as big of a deal as I think you thought it was, you know. But I, I agree with you on that. And as far as the 2019 one, um I no, I don't think I would recommend it. I think I would I would say like if you're gonna watch a movie if if you're going to spend hours watching a film that's about four sisters and their relationships, I would not say wreck. I would say, I would say, no, absolutely not. You should not watch this film because you're just going to be like, okay, I feel an emotional void inside me. Um, I also had, I wanted to say, I forgot to mention that there's like a, like a Hallmark movie that's called the March sisters at Christmas. <laughs> and it's about the, it's about little women, but it's like, in you know, like now, so it's like a modern time. Movie. Oh boy. It's not that great. Um, I've seen it like I twice. already I I could tell you it's not that great by just what you said <laughs> now. Um but I wanted to mention that because <laughs> it's on like Hulu, I think. So if you want to watch it, you could. And actually in the the March Sisters for Christmas or whatever it's called, I really didn't like Lori and I didn't like Joe. I thought Joe was super annoying. <laughs> so and you're supposed to root for her, so. But yeah, I think it. I think good. it was the actress over the dialogue. You know what I is mean? Is that is that the one with Ethan Hawke's daughter? There's like a modern retelling that came out like a couple of years ago with uh, Maya Hawke in it as Joe. No, 
I remember seeing a trailer for it or something, but no, that's not it. Yeah. It's diff- it's a different one. Anyway, there, we, oh, what were we I saying? I need to say okay. Well, were you going to ask if I recommend it? Yes, <laughs> I would. I would recommend both of them. One hundred percent. I would recommend the nineteen ninety four version. Watch it, love it. It's awesome. But I, as I've said, there's a place for the new one. I think it's good. I I think they're equal in different ways. Um, and I think that the 1994 one is superior in more ways. But I, the world is big enough where this version can flourish in in its intended audience. But also, and I if totally disagree with that. <laughs> if you're a fan of Better Call Saul. Be prepared to laugh out loud when Saul Goodman is revealed to be the father coming back from the Civil War. I totally forgot to mention him. Bob Odenkirk is in this movie, and that's a reason enough to watch it, even though he has three lines. But at the end of the movie, he's talking to Professor Bear, and he's like, maybe I should go out west because they're nice to immigrants. And his wife's like, well, you're not an immigrant, so I think you should just stay here. And that made me laugh. But... I would recommend both of them. Um, watch the 1994 one for sure. And check out the modern one, especially if you're a modern person. You might appreciate its modern twists. Yeah. Or you could be hor- horribly disappointed the way I was. <laughs> it's up to you. Do you want to take that, that chance? Do you? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, funny story. We are, um, it's Friday night. We usually, uh, record Saturday morning, but I was so filled with like the, like rage, like fueled with rage that I was like, let's do this now. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And I was like, thank God. Cause I really need to get this off my chest. It was driving me nuts. I didn't think I could wait another 12 hours. <laughs> I was laying on the couch. I was watching SmackDown. As is my Friday night ritual. <laughs> and I was like, like starting to get really drowsy. And I was like, maybe I'd, I could take a little nap after SmackDown and, you know, then wake up and continue being awake for a couple hours. And so when you said you wanted to record, I was like, I got to get my energy back up. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was high energy because I was like, I was like, ah! <laughs> after I watched it. So, yeah. Um, so that's a little tidbit for y'all. And we are starting something new. This is pretty exciting. We have gotten so many suggestions that were scheduled out through like the first week of March 2021. So that's pretty cool. And we decided to implement something that should be kind of exciting for you guys too. If you want us to review your movie, please go to iTunes and give us five stars and write a review with the movie you would like us to go over in that review. And what that does is that really helps us to get five stars, puts our name out there, and it will prioritize your review. So we will put your review at the top of the list if you leave it on iTunes with five stars. We still will honor email or social media requests we just will put those they they won't be prioritized so we'll get to them probably eventually but not as quickly as we'll get to the review one so this will be a fun way for you to 
get our show out there and also just a fun way for you to hear a movie that you want us to cover. So head on over to iTunes and leave us five stars. Write a review with the movie you'd like us to do, and we will be happy to add it to the list starting in March 2021. You can follow us on Instagram at Watchers and Movies. We have a different Instagram that's called The Watchers Who Find Things. I remembered this time. Thank you very much. <laughs> We're also on Facebook at Watchers and Movies. We are on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and um, Stitcher, and Google Play. And we have a website that's uh, watchersofmovies.com or watchersofmovies.weebly.com. So check it out. And we have all of our episodes on there. And also thank you to Mike for doing our theme music. Yes, you can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42. His name is Mike Myers. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.